I'm Kyle Northcutt. Welcome to the Kids Learn Career Show. Each week, I ask a different person about their job so you can know what your options are on the world. My guest today is Christine Bailey, a farmer. Christine, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kyle. This is so fun. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. First off, can you tell me what farming is and what it's like to do? Yeah, well, farming um, at its at its most basic definition is just growing crops from the earth and raising livestock either for food or to contribute to the land in some way. Um, so I'm actually an um, regenerative farmer or a sustainable farmer. So that means that we farm, um, we farm organically without chemicals on our farm. And um, we farm in such a way that contributes to the health of the land rather than con- constantly taking from the land. We're always adding back in nutrients um, in a way that makes the um, ecosystem thrive and creates a healthy environment for people and animals and pollinators like bees and butterflies. So, um, yeah, so that's the type of farming I do. We raise organic produce, flowers, and then we also raise chickens for eggs. Cool. So what kinds of things do you actually do day to day at work? That is a great question. And the way I always answer this question is that no day is ever the same here. So um, I am a farmer. We also have a chef business. So um, we're doing a lot of different things on the farm every day. We have a commercial kitchen here where we cook food for clients. Um, We have our whole farm. And then I also am a homeschool mom to our two daughters who are 11 and eight. And I'm also an author and I'm releasing my first book next month. So um, there's a lot of different things, but as far as farming goes, it really depends on the season that we're in. So in the winter, it's a lot more um, letting the field rest and we actually don't do as much outside work and it's more like planning and getting ready for spring. Right now, when spring is about to be here, um, our job is really um, raising our seedlings for spring planting. So in the last few weeks, I've started all new seeds, um, all of the vegetables and flowers that will be growing. Um, and I go and check on those several times a day in our greenhouse, um, make sure they're watered, make sure they're not getting too hot or too cold, make sure they're getting enough sunlight. And as those grow and in the end of April is when we'll be able to plant those in the ground. So in the meantime, we're prepping our fields for planting and that because we are regenerative farmers, we are adding compost and fertilizer to the soil and um, get adding in all those nutrients so that the plants will grow really well when we, when we do our planting at the end of April. So, um, And then we also have a farm store on our, on our property. So we do that on Saturday mornings during like April to October, we have people from the community come and like buy the goods that we grow and we make jams and granola and all kinds of fun things um, to sell at the farm store. Cool. So um, could you tell us a bit more about the book you're releasing and what it's about? Yes, my book is called The Kindred Life. So the name of our farm is actually Kindred Farm. I didn't um, say Mm -hmm. that. We're actually in um, Middle Tennessee, about an hour south of Nashville. Um, So my book is called The Kindred Life. And it is a book about how I have learned to live a life of deeper connection. So I'm kind of sharing the journey of um, 
being more connected to the land, to community and to life around the table, because sharing meals around the table is one of the big things that we do here on the farm. We do really big farm dinners every year, several times a year where we sell tickets and people from the community can come and all eat at the table and eat these beautiful farm to table meals. Um, and share community with people that they might not know in a really beautiful way. So we have one big long table down the middle of our pasture when we have those dinners and a whole team of chefs that prepares an awesome, beautiful meal. So um, I've written a lot about that in the book, just how um, we can all live a life of connection no matter where we are. Um, it doesn't mean you have to live on a farm. You can be in the city or in suburbia. Um, and so I'm kind of sharing that journey. And so the book has um, a bunch of colorful photos, um, 10 recipes. So that's kind of fun. Um, yeah, just for people, the recipes that people can easily do at home and share meals with their friends in their home, even cook together with people. Um, that's really one of my big passions that we do a lot in our own life. And then, um, also, there's journaling prompts and discussion questions. So I really wanted the book to be something that's beautiful and inspiring, but also um, something practical for people to be able to like take elements from it and really put it into practice in their own life. Cool. So when did you first know you wanted to do this kind of work? Well, um, I definitely never knew I would end up being a farmer. I did not become a farmer until I was 39 years old. <laughs> Um, so I actually, um, I went to college to become, or to work in the music industry. So I, I did that for several years in Nashville. Um, and I had a music business degree. And to this day, I'm so glad I got a business degree because that has helped me so much, um, in our life here on the farm. Um, but just to backtrack a little, we lived in Dallas, Texas for 11 years before this, when I married my husband, Stephen, and we were both working in um, kind of marketing jobs. And um, we all of a sudden saw this documentary called Food Inc. that really inspired us to start um, supporting our local farmers. And so we didn't know who our local farmers were in Texas. So we did the first step. We just started looking online, like who are local farmers near us? And so every Saturday morning, we would jump in my little Volkswagen um, rabbit, my tiny little car, and we would drive mm -hmm. Texas back roads and go visit a local farm and buy their goods, like fresh milk, fresh eggs, sweet potatoes with dirt on them, um, fresh cheeses, all the produce. And we would take it home and just like cook meals with our friends. And then soon they wanted, they wanted to get some too. And they'd like place orders with us. So anyway, we ended up starting an organic produce co-op in Dallas, Fort Worth. Um, and it was called urban acres. And we built that over several years into an urban farmstead. We had a cafe and a market in Dallas. And then we also ended up building a quarter acre farmstead there where we had bees on the roof. Um, bunnies, chickens, an aquaponics greenhouse. Um, we raised a lot of the food that we used in our cafe, in our market. So anyway, that's where the, we started to really get the passion of working with farmers. And we learned a lot from them just by visiting their farms and kind of being mentored by them. So at the end of 2015, we decided um, just kind of doors were closing in Dallas. It was time to move on and 
move our family and do something different. And I always wanted to return to Tennessee where I had gone to college. So we moved here. We moved to um, Tennessee without a job and without any place to live. And we just like took a big leap of faith and came and um, we ended up finding our land here in Santa Fe. And we just kind of started learning, you know, learning as we went, but we had never farmed like on our own land until we bought our land here. So um, that is kind of how I ended up being, being a farmer accidentally. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. And I'm, like I said, I'm so thankful that I did have a career in business and I also worked in the nonprofit world. And so a lot of those things really helped me in my job now as a farmer. So. Cool. So did you consider any other jobs or careers before this one? And can you tell us a bit about the path you took to get here? Yes. So I did. Well, you did ask. Yeah, I did tell me about the path I took to get here. But yeah. yes, I did. Um, you know, I think that I never knew I would do this, but I think that I was always made to do this and I just didn't know it. So I'm really glad that this is how I ended up. Um, you know, this is what I ended up doing with my job. As far as writing, I always have been a writer and, um, yeah, I always wanted to write a book one day. So I'm really thankful that I have that opportunity now, as far as, as being an author. Um, and I've written, um, I've always like blogged and written for other people's websites and done like a lot of freelance writing and just tried to get my, my, um, words out there as much as possible. Um, so yeah, just being like faithful every day to foster that as well, that part of my job. Um, and then now they kind of overlap a little bit with what I'm writing and farming and then, um, kind of integrating our relationship with our girls. Our girls are eight and 11 and they're kind of involved in everything we do on the farm. So that really affects their learning and what we do with homeschooling. So it all kind of works together. Cool. So what are you laying most and least about your job? Okay. Um, what do I like most? So I think what I like most about farming is that I get to have a direct part in cultivating the earth and then in creating beauty that I get to share with people. So I absolutely love that. Um, we have this land, we have 17 acres. It's beautiful with like rolling Hills and trees and, um, just that we get to share that with people that to come to that come to our farm and they get to experience peace, um, and be connected more to where their food comes from. They get to slow down from their busy lives and, um, yeah. And just like enjoy and savor and take a deep breath. And so I think those things are really, really important. And I'm so glad I get to do that with my life and with my job. Um, and then also the other thing I love the most is always, always gathering around the table with friends, with the food that we've grown is so rewarding. Like I can walk out my back door, cut some lettuce and then go inside and immediately make a salad with it that I can share with people, just my family or friends around our table. That's, I love that so much. Cool. Um, as far as least, <laughs> I think it's, um, I don't think anybody really, really wants to work that hard. <laughs> so <laughs> I know that it's very, it's so rewarding. Like the hard work is always, always worth it. But when you're in the middle of it, it is so hard. Mm -hmm. um, 
and it's probably some of the hardest work I've ever done physically. Like your body just hurts and it's, you know, you're very dirty and very sweaty and your muscles ache. Um, so that's probably the thing I, I don't, you know, I like least about it or like going out and like really, really hot, you know, Tennessee summers and having to work in the greenhouse is like, feels like torture. (laughs) But on the other hand, I get like amazing tomatoes. And so there's, that's the cool thing about farming is like the hard work. I don't think is, is never for nothing. You're always getting a beautiful return on that. Um, Sometimes things do fail and not work and you've done all this hard work and it completely flops, but um, it's really a job where you have to just get yourself back up and start start again tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So you kind of have to have some determination, a lot of determination in (laughs) in order to be a farmer. (laughs) Yeah. Now a word from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Kids Green Team, a business startup kit I created with my friend Micah. Here's the problem we learned about that we couldn't ignore. Your city doesn't recycle plastic grocery bags, shipping air pillows, bubble wrap, and other plastic like that. Whether you throw them in the trash yourself or put them in your curbside recycling bin, they're headed for a landfill, or worse, the ocean. But that's where my friend Micah and I come in. We've built an entire course to teach kids like us how to turn this unnecessary waste into a successful business, profitable from month number one. Check it out at kidsgreenteam.com. Let's do some good together. Okay, now back to the show. What level of education do you have? Was that required for your job or not? Um, okay, so I got a business degree. Um, so I have a bachelor of business administration from Belmont University. Um, and no, that is not required to be a farmer, but it is definitely very, very helpful. I think that a lot of farms farmers struggle because they can grow food and know so much about cultivating the earth, but the business side of farming is a struggle for a lot of farmers that we know, um, and marketing your marketing, your product, because, you know, you can't go through all this hard work and then not be able to sell it well. Mm -hmm. And in the time we're living in now, you have to be able to do social media and, you know, um, all different technology has to be integrated into your farm, um, business. So, yeah. So that was not required for my job, but I am very, very glad I have a business degree. And so does Steven as well. We are both have experience in marketing. So that's really helped us with um, like our Instagram and our website and being able to build all those things on our own in a, in a way that's like compelling for, for our customers. Um, so, yeah, but um, you can get a degree in agriculture. The, that's, that's available for people that want to. Um, there's so many ways that you can get an education in order to be a farmer. There's so many like um, classes you can take or actually getting a degree in it or working with farmers, like interning under them to learn how to do it. Mm-hmm. Cool. So how much money would someone starting out in your field expect to make? And what's the longest income potential? Well, I don't know how to answer that question um, because it's probably the widest range ever. Like I couldn't even tell you a starting dollar amount of what you would mm-hmm. expect to make as a farmer. Um, it is completely dependent on the type of farm you are. So there's commercial farms that are growing, you know, tons of acres and acres and acres of a certain crop um, that they then sell for commercial use. Like um, soybean crops or corn or wheat or things like that. So that's completely different from a farmer like us that is selling directly to the customer. Um, 
or using the food in our farm dinners or to make products with it. Um, and then, you know, there's other farmers. We, we've also done like selling directly to wholesale accounts. So like we'll sell to stores that then sell to the customer. So there really is such a wide range. I can't really answer with a certain number there, but just know that there's so many possibilities in the world of farming and you can really find what you're passionate about. Like we used to um, do tons and tons of lettuce that we sold to stores and restaurants but that just wasn't really our passion. And we would, we were so much more excited about um, selling directly to the customer and get, getting to be face to face with the customer. So, yeah. So, how much free time do you have? Like, do you work a traditional 40 hour work week more or less? Um, I would say it's definitely way more than 40 hours, um, especially because I'm doing several different jobs, like, um, you know, working in the mornings we're homeschooling and then it kind of moves, you know, and farm work is kind of sprinkled in with that. Then it moves more into farm work in the afternoon. And there's a lot of times of the year where we're working so many hours and it's a really, really busy time. And then, you know, in winter, we have a couple months where it's like a more of a downtime. So it really goes up and down based on the season. Um, but we definitely are passionate about making sure we do have free time um, every single week. So we definitely take Sundays off. Um, we do have our farm store on Saturday mornings, but we only do that from nine to 12 so that the rest of Saturday we're not working. Um, and I'm really passionate about making sure that our daughters have plenty of free time to play and be outside, um, and to read and do crafts and things like that, just to foster their creativity and, um, to have time just to be kids. So that's really important to, to all of us. Yeah. So what advice do you have for young people who want to do what you do for the job? Um, I would say that, um, just because you're young doesn't mean you can't start exploring that now. And so, um, kids can, I mean, there's so many ways kids can be, can learn about farming. Um, there's lots of farms that you can visit, um, with your parents and go take a tour. Like we give tours a lot, um, during our farm store. And it's so wonderful to see kids that are interested in that. And, um, you can start a garden now, wherever you are, even if you live in the city and all you have is like a little tiny, as long as you have access to sunlight and water and dirt, you can, you can grow something. So I would encourage kids to, um, or young people to just start growing something like herbs in a pot or, um, so a tomato plant, um, that you can be in charge of, you know, and just get your hands dirty in that way and see if you even enjoy really doing that. Um, you can volunteer at a local farm. Like I said, you can also support your local farmers at your, at, um, your local farmer's market. So most, I mean, all big cities have farmer's markets. Most towns have one. So that's another great way you can go and kind of learn more about it. Um, and then when you get older, you can intern on a farm. And then, like I said earlier, you can also get a degree in farming if you want to do that for college. Cool. So this one is borrowed from Tim Ferriss, a bestselling author and one of the top podcasters in the world. What is one of the best or most worthwhile investments you've ever made? Hmm. I think the best and most worthwhile investment I've made is time in raising our girls to have a slower childhood. 
um, where there's time for them, like I said, to explore their passions, to find out what their passions are, to connect with each other, um, and to really build a really tight family. Um, we've been really intentional since the beginning and not adding too much to our kids' schedules so that they do have that free time to let their imaginations run wild and to um, explore in nature. Like being outside has been a huge investment in our time and energy, and I will never, ever regret that. Um, so, and I think just also investment in relationships and like fewer but closer friendships and um, how special that's been to our family and in my own life. And so, um, yeah, I would say those are my best, the best investments I've ever made for sure. Cool. So was there a time in your life where you felt like you completely failed at something, but it ended <laughs> up helping later on? Yes, for sure. Um, I mean, I would say farming. I failed so many times. Um, I mean, so many times. Um, you know, things we've set up things wrong and they break animals escape. I mean, you plant something completely wrong and it doesn't even grow. I mean, there are so many things in farming where you fail and it's just part of it. It's part of learning. And there really is no growth without failure. I completely believe that. Mm -hmm. And one of the sayings we have on the farm is progress over perfection, because if we just focus on progress and just getting back out there and doing it again tomorrow or learning from your mistake and doing it differently next time. That's how we can grow from our failures rather than getting hung up on them and feeling like, Oh, I just can't do this. You know, if you're hung up, if you're focusing on perfection, then you can really become paralyzed by your failures. But if you're focusing on progress and like really have a positive outlook on that, then you can keep going. Cool. Yeah. So is there a person in your life, like a parent, grandparent, teacher, coach, or mentor that made a huge impact on you? If so, in what way? And would you like to give that person a quick shout out? Sure. Yeah, definitely. I would say both of my parents, um, I'd love to give them a shout out. Um, my dad, definitely, uh, both of them are super hard workers um, and they have been my whole life. My dad definitely taught me that um, the value of hard work and just learning to do things with my hands, like seeing him like figure things out and figure out how to fix things. I think I learned a lot of that from him. Um, and then my mom, I definitely, she's also a really hard worker. She's been a pediatric nurse her whole life. And she showed me um, also just to like appreciate beauty and to take the time to stop and see beauty. And so I remember her like showing me like tiny flowers growing outside of my elementary school classroom and things like that and stopping to like, look at them close up. And I think that's really made such a huge impact on me and like noticing details in our day-to-day -day lives rather than just like breezing past everything because you're too busy. So I think those are things I got from my parents for sure. Yeah. So knowing what you know now, would you have done anything differently growing up? That is such a great question. Um, I think growing up, I, I shied away from being a leader a lot. Um, and I kept being put in leadership positions a lot, um, like in school or um, church or things like that. And I think I really shied away from that. And I, I didn't really want to be a leader 
but I did it because I felt like people expected me to do that and I didn't really enjoy it. But I think what I would have done differently is I would have found ways to lead with joy in areas that I really loved, like things I loved leading in. I would have found those things and realized that it doesn't have to be um, something that that I hated, you know, that I could find ways to lead with joy. And so I think that's what I found as I've become an adult and as I've really like tapped into how I'm, how I've been made and like the things that I have that are my passions and the ways I can contribute to the world. I can be a leader now with confidence. And so I wish I could have figured out how to do that growing up. So I would just encourage young people to, um, yeah, like follow the things that you are passionate about and see how you can lead in that way in that area. Yeah. So what's the best advice you have for young people who want to be successful in life and in their work? Mm. I would say, um, I think being successful in life is, it comes from living fully into who you are made to be with confidence and walking that out in your everyday life. So it doesn't mean, I don't think success means making a lot of money or having a prestigious job. I think if you wake up every day and you're like, I am so thankful I get to do this today and I feel um, peace and joy with how I'm contributing to the world. And I have people in my life that I love and I have deep and meaningful relationships with them. I think that is how you, that, that is successful to me. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Christine. Now it's time for the joke of the day. Why does nobody talk to circles? I don't know. Because there's no point. <laughs> Good one, Kyle. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks again for joining us on the Kids Learn Career Show. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and tell your friends. See you next time.